On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to talk about belief and unbelief. They've got consequences. We want to talk about that. Jacob, we want to talk about what would be the consequence for the person who says there is no God. What does that say about him, about his life, about his existence on earth? And then we want to talk about what do we gain believing in God and the truths that are in the Bible on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. All right, we'll talk about that coming up. Time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381 4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February 23rd, 2017. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dan. Jacob, great to be with you tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Good to be with you as well. Kyle's behind the board. Kyle, welcome to the program tonight. It's good to be here. And uh, new, new equipment for you to try out, so keep it going. On there smoothly and we're still uh, we're still working on a new setup trying to get uh, more proficient on uh, broadcasting via facebook live and we hope that it looks like everything's good and you can give us some feedback in the chat room or you can give us a comment in facebook and we'll try to monitor those as we go along all right we look forward to hearing from you 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com those uh contact information that uh, contact information is on your screen should be on your screen from time to time and also the chat window if you're watching us from the virtual bible study.com uh you might head over there and join in the chat room with other listeners you can also send your comments in via facebook tonight as we talk about belief and unbelief you know uh, a lot of people want to um uh, hold different positions, but when you hold a position, whether that be a position of faith or of uh, doubt, then there are consequences that come with it. That's right, uh, and I think people need to understand that you're making a decision. You're making if you decide to believe in God, believe in His Word, obey the things that are taught in the Bible, or if you choose not to believe those things, that is ultimately the most important decision in life because it 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 actually determines what your life is about. And we want to talk about that tonight. I found a quote, Jacob, and, and I'm not going to tell who uh, made this quote. I, I think you know. I think Kyle probably knows. We've shared this before. But this is probably one of the most discouraging essays or quotes that you will ever hear. And I wonder, as our listeners are listening, if they could guess who said this. This is coming from a man who does not believe in God or did not believe in God. He's dead now, but he did not believe in God. And here's how he viewed life. This was the consequence for him because he didn't believe in God. He says, quote, a myriad of men are born. They labor and sweat and struggle for bread. They squabble and scold and fight. Age creeps upon them. Humiliations bring down their prides and their vanities. Those they love are taken from them, and the joy of life is turned into aching grief. The burden of pain, care, misery grows heavier year by year. At length, ambition is dead, pride is dead, vanity is dead. Peace is in their place. It comes at last, the only unpoisoned gift earth ever had for them. And they vanish from a world where they were of no consequence, where they achieved nothing, where they were a mistake and a failure and a foolishness, where they have left no sign that they have existed, a world which will lament them for a day and forget them forever. Then another myriad takes their place and copies all they did and goes along the same profitless road and vanishes as they vanished to make room for another and another and a million other myriads to follow the same arid path through the same desert and accomplish what the first myriad and all the myriads that came after it accomplished nothing. Mm. I don't tell you, I, I, I don't know if you could put together a more discouraging and depressing assemblage of words than that. Yep. Uh, brief essay. I wonder if anybody in the chat room, uh, or, uh, or, uh, listening on Facebook, I wonder if anybody has an idea who, uh, wrote that. Let's leave that hanging there for a little bit, but, uh, you know, that is a logical conclusion of this position of doubt and unbelief. It is. I mean, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the truths of the Bible, if you don't believe that man has an eternal soul and that there is something beyond the grave, that really is what, that's the consequence of the position that you hold if you don't believe in God and the Bible. 
They're really sad. Uh, I don't know if anybody's made a guess yet or not. No, not yet. I'm waiting for that, so, but okay. uh, we'll give that a little bit more time. Okay, let's give that a minute. Let's talk. Let's. Uh, oh, by the way, Jake, we should mention because we've got new listeners. Uh, um, we should mention that we send out an update every week to describe right. what our topic for discussion is going to be that night, Thursday night, always Thursday night, 8 o'clock Central Time on the Virtual Bible Study. But we send out an update earlier on Thursday, usually uh, uh, noontime or just before. And it tells you our topic and gives a few questions for consideration. Today we sent out these questions. Simply, number one, what are the consequences to a person who does not believe in God or the Bible? Number two, comment on these valuable things gained by the believer and importance to the creator. You have purpose in life. You have a standard to live by. You have hope. We'll talk about those things uh, as the program progresses. If you're not on our update list and you'd like to get on it, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and just say, add me to your list. Questions at collegeview.com. Collegeview, C-O-L-L-E-G-E. V-U-E dot com, collegeview dot com. Send us an email and just say, at questions at collegeview.com, add me to your list. All right. We want to hear from you tonight. The chat room is open if you're listening to us at the virtualbiblestudy.com. And Kevin's in the chat room tonight listening from near Bucksnort, Tennessee. Well, and there's a lot of people listening who would not know where Bucksnort, Tennessee is. But I, I know where you're at, Kevin. Be careful out there on I-40. There's a lot, always a lot of wrecks on I-40. All right. And uh, look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. There are consequences to our belief or unbelief. What about the person who doesn't believe that people are taking that position? And uh, they may be just, uh, I think it is sort of a novel position to take in this day and age. Uh, and sort of, uh, there's sort of maybe some prestige associated with Maybe that. some people think they're being sort of uh, intellectually elite yeah. to take the position that they don't believe in God. But they, when they take that position, they need to understand what that ultimately means. First of all, it means that you are just as that essay. We're going to when we get here in a minute, we'll tell who wrote that essay. But just as that essay said that we were reading, basically, you are totally unimportant. You're just a you're just a collection of matter, and and that makes up. You're just part of the matter of the universe. You know, and and in fact. The bigger that you envision the universe to be, the less significant you become. You are just an infinitesimal speck of matter in the vastness of the universe. You really are unimportant uh, if you take the position that there is no God, there is no truth, there is no life hereafter. Yeah, and that, and some I don't know that it's all driven by ego in every case, but uh, certainly there are some who are that way. Some, I think, sincerely struggle with the idea of a God. But this is a consequence of taking that position that you there's nothing important about you. You're, you're in fact you're just what? sort of a mistake. Yeah, and or a, a happenstance. And I'm actually I, I and I, I wouldn't say this to encourage anybody to this end, but I'm actually surprised that there's not a higher suicide rate among those who profess to be unbelievers, because just as that essay said, you know things don't go well. You get sick. You have setbacks. Maybe financial reversals. You lose a loved one. Uh, your health fails. You get old. You get you, you know, and and it's and you begin to the, the realization begins to set in that you're not going to succeed. Maybe like you had hoped you would succeed in in fame or position or money. And why why keep going? Right. Why keep going? I, you know what would be the reason? Right. When life is not good, what would be the reason to keep going if there is no God? Yeah. So first of all, you're unimportant. And the second, the second thing that I would point out along those lines is you, you really don't have any purpose for existence. Um, you know, really, whatever you could or would achieve is really not all that important. I mean, you know, what, what about, let's, let's say you strive to be a great athlete. Well, the chances of you being a world-class athlete are really slim to start with, but even if you could achieve you know, the, the level of skill to maybe play in a professional league like the NFL or the NBA. Right. right. How many past players of the NFL, there's been thousands, of course, how many could you name who are not currently playing? I mean, we might be able to name a handful who are currently playing. How many could you name who played 25 years ago? Not many, if any. Right. So here's people who, who really made it to the top of their field. Yeah. 
and they're not remembered. How about if you became president of the United States? Uh, there's a good opportunity. Our, our current president is number 45. How many can yeah, you how name? how many of those 45 can you name? I mean, some of our school kids maybe memorize the whole list at some point. Kyle, but, you got them all? Uh, no, they all, yeah, lose track uh, after uh, Thomas Jefferson. It's a little blurry after that. First three. Yeah, James, James K. Polk was number 11, and we know that because he was from our town of Columbia, Tennessee. But, right. but, but there's very few, even presidents of the United States, that you can remember. Right. So what's your purpose? Because well, you, you're going to die and be forgotten. Right. What, what, what's it going to matter? Okay. Uh, so you, you, you really are admitting you are unimportant and you don't exist in but I tell you something else that's really, I think, scary for those who do not believe is the idea that there's no ultimately there's no real standard to live by. Yeah. Uh, there's no absolute standard of right or wrong. And, you know, basic society and civil conduct would really, I think, break down. It wouldn't even exist, for that matter, if it were not for for the spiritual teachings that that have influenced the world through God's mm-hmm. connection with us. Because uh, if we're just a higher animal, then I think we would revert to acting like animals. Right. Uh, if if we had not learned a higher moral standard, but if there is no standard, then if I'm bigger and stronger than you. I'll just take what you have. Yeah. And maybe I'll just kill you. I might even just eat you. I mean, why not? I mean, animals do that, right? Yes. Uh, so what, what would, why would we not do that sort of thing if there is no standard to live by? You know, it, uh, might makes right. You know, everybody's a law to himself. Uh, there would be no definite answers, no right and wrong. Well. And in fact, the answers would change over time. Right. You know, the, the answer you might get today would be different than the answer that you might get this time next year because there is no absolute. And the fact of the matter is what you say is no better than what I say. And, and there's no, and, and there's no gauge to measure those things by. And so this idea of no real standard to live by, I'm not sure that atheists and unbelievers, agnostics, I'm not sure whether they really grasp that. Several years ago, we interviewed Dan Barker on the Virtual Bible right, Study. Right. And Dan's a well-known atheist, uh, and and uh, he has, a, I think, still has a TV program, and he goes about promoting the, the cause of atheism. Right. And I remember asking him as we were interviewing him, uh, where does where does morality come from where do, where does it, where do we get the tendency to care for the sick and the old and the weak why don't we just kill those off because they're dragging us down they're they're hurting the gene pool yeah uh and he didn't really have a good answer to that i don't think an atheist can have an answer because there's no standard uh, that, that a would... difficult question for them to answer they try to make some answers and some defense for it, but ultimately there is no standard there's no absolute standard and uh, and it puts you in a very difficult position when you think about in it, living in a society that would have those views. Yeah, that's right. So no, you're you're ultimately unimportant. You have no purpose. You have no standard to live by. And I would argue that you have no hope. Uh, how long are you going to live? I was reading, uh, I think just today or yesterday, where life expectancy is on the uptick. Uh, And they think, I was reading, some people in some parts of the world are more, I think, genetically inclined to long life than we are. Koreans, I was kind of surprised, Koreans uh, have the genetically longest uh, life expectancy, all things being equal. And they said a woman born in Korea in the year 2030, so she's not even born yet, but they think as, as things keep going, a woman born in Korea in the year 2030 will have a, a, a life expectancy of 90 years. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so what that's saying is everybody's less something less than 90 years. Typically, average life expectancy is less than 90. So you're going to live for 90 years. Maybe. Uh, you know, there's, there's at least uh, an even chance that you won't make it that far. If, if that's life expectancy, I'm sure that... There's great chances that most people won't make it. That would have to take ideal circumstances to make life expectancy 
and you probably won't make it there. So you're not going to live very long, you, you know, 80 years. You know, the, interestingly, the Bible a long time ago said, you know, uh, a man's life is three score and 10, 70. And if by reason of strength, four score, 80. Uh, and that's still pretty accurate, you know, pretty close. Even with medical advances in our modern age, it's still pretty close. To, and you're going to die and be forgotten. You know, the fact of the matter is, just like that essay we read said, you're going to die and be forgotten. Maybe for a day they'll mourn you, but in a couple, three weeks they will have forgotten you, and the world moves on. Yeah. Uh, if that's all there is to it, I'm telling you, it's a sad, sad existence. Sad existence. All right, we're getting uh, up on a break. Let's get a break. When we get back, we're going to continue the discussion. There are more consequences of unbelief. We want to get to those, and then... We want to talk about the consequences, and, well, you'd really get down to it's not really a consequence so much as it is a benefit of, of belief. We'll get to that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. To be almost saved is to be totally lost. He who is good at making excuses is seldom good at making anything else. Heads that are filled with knowledge and wisdom have little space left for conceit. Intelligence is like a river. The deeper it is, the less noise it makes. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight uh, as we talk about uh, the consequences of unbelief and belief. And certainly the con- unbelief has uh, some very serious consequences. We started out by reading an essay, Jacob. I didn't get anybody guessing who no, said got, that. No, we came up empty on that. Uh, and, and those of you who heard that as we started out might be surprised. Now, that was Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Uh, Samuel Clements, been yeah. named Mark Twain. He was he was really a, he was quite an author and quite a humorist, a funny guy. But that those were some horribly sad words. Yep. Even a guy with a great wit and sense of humor like Mark Twain, when he really contemplated life, yep. Yep. saw it as a depressing existence because he didn't believe in God. Right, right. So so he saw the consequences. He understood the consequences. And uh, and certainly we need to understand that. We got a couple emails in. One was from our friend Kent in Georgia who says, what's the consequence for, of unbelief? He says, very dire consequences. No proper ethical system. That's what we were talking about. No standard to live by. No purpose for life and no hope. So he's on the same page with us. All right. And uh, they're coming in strong from Georgia tonight. Chris uh, from near Atlanta uh, has signed in as well. Thank you, Chris, for your comments. He says, unfortunately, this person will have an eternity in hell. God has provided ample proof of his existence if only we will open our eyes and seek him. We will have no excuse for not believing on Judgment Day. Yeah. So uh, Chris is is looking toward eternal consequences yes. of unbelief. Right. That's for sure. Certainly. Uh, you were so thinking really, more short term. I was thinking more short term. What are your consequences right here and now? But definitely, as Chris said, the long term consequence, we believe, will be an eternity away from God and, okay. and, and punishment in hell. All right. All right, so having introduced it that way, uh, let's uh, change gears and talk about what we gain by believing that there is a God, believing that he has revealed himself through the Bible, that the Bible is his word, that we do learn about him and, and, and what he wants for us mm-hmm. by reading the scriptures. 
What do we gain by that? Yeah. Well, I actually think the rundown is sort of just 180 degrees from what we were just describing as those who don't believe in God. Right. Uh, so the, the first of the things that I would mention is where the unbeliever has to admit that he is ultimately unimportant as Christians and as, as Bible believers, we can understand that we have an importance. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about self-esteem and I think that's the, the current catchphrase, um, you know, oh, you got to get your you got to get your self esteem up. You know, if, if teenagers have problems, uh, if they're misbehaving, it's because they they have low self esteem. Or if someone has trouble with being overweight, uh, that's probably because they have low self esteem. If an adult can't cope with the issues that are facing him in life, it's because he has low self esteem. I think, and and we've talked about this on the virtual Bible study before, uh, but I, I think that that self esteem movement is is misguided and and you can look in some of our archives for some some discussions we've had about that and and when we say you are important we're not we're not saying that in the sense that we're trying to say you're wonderful you're super you're really an awesome person uh, god loves you and you're special and and all of that sort of stuff that that self-esteem movement tried to promote uh, i think even psychological experts are are now saying you know that that that's not working for us that's right. that, that's not right. too good. So when we say you are important, uh, we're not we're not trying to suggest this idea of you know you're special, you're wonderful. Uh, God really uh, thinks you're awesome. That's not what we're talking about. But we are saying that God in heaven cared enough for us, even though we were not worthy and we were not deserving. Uh, God in heaven cared enough for us to, first of all, make us in his image uh, out of all of creation. all in, in all of this vast universe that we were mentioning a little while ago, in all of this vast universe, we uniquely are created in the very image of the one who made it all. Uh, and... You know, in fact, the bigger you envision the universe to be, the more amazing it is what God has done for us. We're we're just a speck in the vastness of the universe, but God cared for us to create us, but more than this, uh, to send his son to die on the cross for us. Um, Psalm 8, verse 3, beginning says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? It seems that that's the very thing that the psalmist was dwelling on. He saw the vastness of the universe, and he said, man, it's amazing that you would care for me. What am I? Who am I that you would care for me? Yeah, so you're saying here the psalmist realized the bigger the universe is, the more important that makes him. Yeah, in God's in God's estimation, the more significant yeah. that you see that God place more significance that He places on human beings yeah. in His creation. Yeah, absolutely. And now again, I'm not saying uh, you're just so awesome that God just loves you so much but that you're better you, than everybody else, yeah, or you're no, special, or yeah, but you're important to God, and that's and that's the thing we're stressing here. We're not yeah. we're what we are actually is. Is poor wretched sinners, yes, uh, and we're undeserving of what God has done for us. But He did anyway, and so the one who's awesome is God, not us. Yeah, uh, and that's where I think the self-esteem movement got off the track. Yeah, fifty-nine, fifty-six, ninety-nine. The chart says Scripture teaches us to esteem others better than ourselves. Certainly, it does, and uh, so we don't want to be t- mistaken that way. So we're not saying we're more important than others, but we're just saying that we're important to God. That God is uh, is considered us. That that that, that that's special. Uh, that he's considered mankind. First um, Peter chapter one talks about this as well, verses eighteen and nineteen. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of God of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so the price that God paid to redeem mankind shows that mankind is certainly important to Him. Yeah. You know, as we said, it's awful that that kind of a price had to be paid for us, but God did, in fact, pay that price. And so, uh, you know, not that we were worthy, that we deserved it, that we were special, and He needed to do that for us, but He did anyway. Uh, and and that that 
that should make us understand our importance to him in this broad scheme of things. All right, 877-381-4567 is the toll-free line to call. We're open and ready for your calls. And if you want to make your way to the virtualbiblestudy.com and to join in the chat room with other listeners, you can there as well. Look forward to your comments in the chat room. Uh, Kevin says, isn't it amazing that God would have... Uh, that God could have made us any size, the size of a planet, for instance. Yet he, he, any size he created us, we are insignificant in relation to God. That's, and that's even more, you, know, you think about how big God is, and yet he uh, still is mindful of us. Did you, did you see in the news yesterday, I think it was, where uh, there was an announcement that they found a, a solar system with maybe seven planets around a small sun that they think uh, have capacity to sustain life. And the news media was just a buzz about this, you know, because it, uh, actually uh, the it's a relatively close star. It's a small dim star, but it's uh, only like 40,000. No, is that right? No, no, no. I think it's 43 light years away. I think they said... That this star is just like 43 light years away, but he still said it would take 40 million years to fly there in a, if you were traveling wow. in, a, in a jet airplane. But, yeah. uh, but they were just excited about this. But the idea that maybe maybe they have found a place where there could be life in the universe. Well, you know, those many of those same people are the ones who deny the, the truth about life on this planet. That. Yeah. You know, so um, men are grasping for something, whereas the Bible has always provided that. Kyle? I just, uh, it took us uh, just a thought on the thought of these planets. I mean, it took us from the discovery of the planet Pluto. It took them that long for us to get actually a clear photo of Pluto to know that they actually can think that there are planets out there the size of Earth that can sustain life. I just, I highly doubt that. I mean, They're really grasping, don't you I think? Mean, yeah, if they took this long to get a picture, a clear picture of uh, Pluto, I doubt that they can actually know that there are planets out there of that size. But, if there, but if there are planets out there, it just makes it, it, it reinforces our yes. uh, belief in God yeah. that, he, that he would create a universe this big. Yeah. Uh, and, We've and, talked about evolution yeah. and the possibilities of life just spontaneously generating and evolving to its current level on planet Earth, which, you know, it's impossible. The theory of evolution is just a joke, really. Uh, but still, people are grasping for some natural explanation to our existence. We've got the explanation. God, who made all things, made us, and he put us here uh, to do his will, and that means that we're important in his plan. We need to have confidence in that. And guest 3625 says, what would the world be like if no one believed in God? Would we have the laws and morals we have now, or would the world be in chaos? A lot of people blame all the world's problems on religion. True, many cults or religions do uh, war against another. This has happened all the way, all through history. Does that make religion a bad thing? Certainly it doesn't. Uh, if 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 the fact that those who profess uh, faith in God had committed atrocities, if that would discredit faith in God, then we could point to the atheist and say atheism is bad as well, because we can point see a lot of atheists who have committed atrocities as well. So just the fact that someone may um, not practice their religion the way that they should does not discredit the religion itself. I think that's right. All right. We're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll get your thoughts. This week's bullet point is coming up next. Get over to the virtualbiblestudy.com and share your comments there with others in the chat room and give us a call toll-free, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Enjoying the Virtual Bible Study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. You have no doubt seen those mathematical calculations about how long it would take to convert the whole world to Christianity if every Christian would convert just one other person each year. The analysis goes something like this. If you begin with just one true believer and he makes one convert in a year, at the end of the first year there would be two Christians in the world. If both of these convert another person in the next year, after two years there would be four Christians and so on. It would continue to chart out in that same manner after three years, eight converts. After 10 years, 1,024 converts. After 15 years, 32,768 converts. 
After 20 years, a million, 48,576 converts. After 29 years, 536,870,912 converts. That's more than the total population of the United States. And after 33 years, 8,589,934,592, which of course is more than the total world population. In less than 33 years, the whole world could be reached, and that's if we started with only one true Christian. But the slow years are already covered. We have way more than just one Christian. For instance, if there are already one million true believers, we could reach the world in less than 13 years. We're not saying it would be easy or that all could or would be converted, but the numbers tell a tale. Let's get busy. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and guide your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com where you can find out more about what we believe in practice and where we meet and the time of our meeting. Find out more about the College of Church of Christ at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you have questions about what you've heard, suggestions for future editions of the Virtual Bible Study, use the email address questions at collegeview.com to send us those suggestions. We want to hear from you. And we have some bumper stickers as well. You can help us get the word out there. Help us get the word out on your Facebook book page as well. Share it with your friends. But uh, share it with those in traffic that you may never, ever meet in person. Send them a, uh, give them a reminder there or uh, give them we some got, we got actually about, two kinds of, of yeah, well, uh, bumper stickers. We've got a small oval-shaped bumper sticker, and then we've got a, a new, longer, narrow, small one about, oh, maybe 12, 15 inches long. About two inches tall, maybe, yeah, and just, a half. Yeah. Real skinny. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you're sporting some of those. I think you you got one of each. Yeah, I took the oval one off and just it's, I put the longer one on there now. So, yeah, I got, I got them on. All right, you're sporting them. Yeah, looking good, looking good. Get yours. Send us an email to questions at collegeu.com with your mailing address. We'll get those in the mail to you free of charge. All right, so if you want to comment uh, on the program tonight, we're watching both the chat room off of our website. We're also watching for comments on Facebook. And uh, you can also send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We're watching our our email inbox, or you could call us. We've got a toll-free number, 877-381-4567. All different kinds of ways that you can get a hold of That's us. That's so you don't have to listen to us so much. We can listen to you. And I guess 101 in the chat room says, I recently saw a stat where the chance of life, that life started on its own in our world, is 10 to the 390th power you don't want to get when a number gets that big. We don't. We can't even deal with it. No. That's, that's a number so big that our federal government couldn't even deal with that. I mean, that that that's numbers. Just I wonder that that's a that's a, a ten followed by three hundred ninety zeros. Yeah. So I don't even I don't, they don't even have a name for a number that big. Yeah. And uh, yet people, 101 goes on, yet people who believe that astronomical statistic have the audacity to ridicule others for having faith in God. A re- really good point. I think that's exactly right. right now I'm teaching uh, our, our high school class uh, on the subject of evidences, and we've been dealing in recent weeks about the evolution versus creation controversy. And one of the things that I've really been trying to instill in them is we have nothing to be ashamed of. We have nothing to be timid about. Right. Uh, we we don't have to feel intimidated by those who believe in evolution. They're the ones who are believing something that is absolutely unbelievable. Right. Right. Uh, we we have basis for what we believe, and, and they don't. And that's something we didn't comment on at the start. But a consequence of unbelief is you have to believe these crazy statistics, and you have to believe things that contradict known scientific fact yeah uh and it's you have to believe that this complex world that we see kyle came from nothing that it was an explosion and this is what we get out of it it's just unbelievable of course and uh yeah if you believe in um the big bang you have to believe where well there's a blank where did the big bang where did that little tiny speck come from yeah so there's there's, you, you, there's problems to, in everything. You've yeah. got to believe that that 
as we've been studying with the teens here recently, you've got to believe that matter is eternal, although science tells us it's not. Right. You have to believe that life spontaneously generated from non-living matter, though science says that's not possible, right. uh, and it's never, never been observed, can't be reproduced in the best laboratory conditions. You have to believe that once life did generate from non-living matter, that then it, it then went through a process of zillions of favorable mutations to bring it to all the different life forms that exist on planet Earth now. And that's not scientific either because we don't see these favorable mutations taking place. I, one of the things that I told the kids in class, I said, what if you heard that someone had a baby but it had a mutation? Would you say, oh, good, good, that's a good. No, you'd say, oh, I'm sorry. I hope, I'm, I'm sad for them. Because yeah. mutations with with very exceptionally rare uh, cases, mutations are always bad. Mutations are so commonly bad that favorable ones are n- not observed, basically. Yeah, right. Uh, but evolution depends on all that kind of foolishness. All right. Yep. And just uh, lots of consequences there. We've done several programs on this, I'm sure, in the past. Check it out on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, for those archives uh, where you can find out more uh, about that if you'd like interested in that discussion. But certainly these are consequences of unbelief that we have to be prepared to, to accept. If we're going to say, I don't believe in God, you've got to be willing to accept those consequences. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about So f- our first consequence of belief is that we we know that we have an importance or significance in this grand scheme of things. Secondly, we have a purpose for living. We have a purpose for existence. Uh, you know, if if you don't, as as a human being, if you don't see the the big picture, if you don't get all the, if you don't see all the parts here, it's it's a little bit hard to uh, understand what it's all about. And men without God can't put the puzzle together. They don't they don't have they don't understand what it's all about. But with God, we have answers to some of of life's most challenging questions, like why are you here? Right. Well, the Bible says that God desires to bring many sons to glory, Hebrews uh, uh, 2, verse 10. So we're here uh, so to bring glory to God and so he can bring us to glory. Why does the world continue? Because God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, Second Peter 3, verse 9. When is the world going to come to an end? Uh, well, we don't know that answer because the Lord hasn't revealed that to us. He says the the, the end will come as a... The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, Second Peter 3.10. Where are you going to go? Well, we're going to die. It's appointed men once to die. After this, the judgment. We're going to die and face judgment. And therefore, our purpose is to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. So, you know, when we believe in God and we believe the Bible is his revelation, we're able to put together the pieces that make this all sensible have uh, there's reason to it uh, when we believe in god right uh and uh it answers those questions it gives us the 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 purpose of why we are here 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com um in our emails tonight kent from uh kent from georgia says the new testament christian realizes that indeed they are important to the creator Acts 17, verse 28, he references there uh, in his email to us. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, uh, we read that, um, verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are his, also his offspring. So those who believe in God realize that it is the God that su- supplies us uh, our life and that protects us and provides for us. Um, and then uh, Chris uh, in uh, Georgia as well says, this one really blows my mind and really humbles me. Just think uh, an all-powerful creator that can just speak and things begin to exist actually cares about me. Consider how vast the universe is, the amount of power contained in a single star and the trillions of stars and planets in this universe. And God dearly loves me, just a tiny speck on a tiny planet. He even made the ultimate sacrifice to me. To know I am this important to God makes me want to serve him with all of my might and beg forgiveness when I fail. Thank you for that, Chris. Appreciate yeah. those comments. Tonight. And then in regards to uh, having a purpose for life, he says everybody wants to be needed. How much more powerful it is that God has given us the most important job in all the earth. 
to teach others the way to eternal life with the Father. A Christian has the greatest purpose in the world. Again, humbling. All right. So uh, what we're saying is there's a consequence to the choices that we make to believe or not believe. And the, the, there's really great, there's a great gain for us, a, a real advantage uh, to believing that there is a God and that he has instructed us in his word. We have a, a purpose for existence. We quoted there from Ecclesiastes chapter 12 where Solomon said, uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And a lot of our listeners are familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes, which basically spells out Solomon's search for purpose in life and meaning. And, of course, he probably was the wealthiest man who ever lived in the history of time. He had every avenue available to him. He could pursue anything he wanted. Right. He wasn't limited. He was unlimited. Uh, and yet he everything he tried, uh, as you read through that 12-chapter book, it says vanity, vexation of spirit. You know, he would just, he, he would just torn up with the meaninglessness of it all without God. And so when he, when he had gone all the way around, he came back to the conclusion, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. This is what it's about. Here's the purpose of life. Purpose of life is not to get rich. Purpose of life is not to enjoy gratification. Uh, the purpose of life is not to be famous. Uh, the purpose of life is fear God and keep his command. That's your purpose, he says. Right. And he'd been a man who tried everything else to figure out a purpose for life, and he couldn't do it. And uh, guess 5245 of the chat room supplies uh, Psalm 139, verse 14 from the English Standard Version. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Thank you that for that, 5245. Certainly, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and it is... Amazing uh, that God cares for us. First John chapter three verse one is supplied by guest twenty three hundred in the chat room. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. How wonderful! Twenty three hundred concludes. It is amazing that we can be the children of God. That God, in His love for us, has made it possible for us to be in a relationship with Him, where He would call us His children, and we could call Him our Father. In spite of the mess that we've made of our life, uh, his grace and forgiveness is truly amazing. Guess what one of the chat room says, if this has been covered already, I apologize, but one of the more disappointing things I see now is when Christians try and to compromise their beliefs with scientists and atheists by uh, believing in theistic evolution. That is a denial of God and his power and his purpose and not an idea we should even entertain, obviously. Thank you for that, Guess 101. Certainly, we... Uh, uh, I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, and, you know, the theistic evolutionists have almost all the same problems yeah, that the regular exactly. evolutionists have, with the exception that they can, they could answer where did matter come from? They could answer what provided the spark of life. That's the only two answers. That's they the get. only thing they get, but they still, it still doesn't work. Evolution just doesn't work. It does not work. All right. And guess 2300 says, uh, and he knew and loved us and promised to sustain and confirm us. Thank you for that, 2300. Uh, the fact that God... Uh, and he quoted, from, he goes on to quote from, uh, you see it there, Romans Oh, I, I missed that, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, so I guess uh, 2300 mentions Romans 8, 29, and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined uh, to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be, uh, be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predest- predestined, he also called. Those who he called, he also justified. And those who justified, he also glorified. Thank you for that. It was in his eternal plan. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, from before the world began, he knew what would happen, and uh, he had uh, come up with a plan to redeem mankind. Certainly it is amazing. Let's grab our last break, and when we come back, a couple more points to make about what we gain by believing in God and believing that he has revealed himself to us in the Bible. Uh, yeah, claiming that you don't believe in God has certain consequences. Claiming that you believe has consequences and benefits as well. We're talking about those on the virtual Bible study tonight. We're going to the top of the hour right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? 
Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd, but don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In a recent survey, participants made it clear that social media made them jealous of others. 57% said after going on social media, they have felt that someone they follow has a better life than they do. 59% felt sad after seeing photos from a party they didn't attend posted on social media. And 45% were unhappy after seeing photos from a friend's happy holiday outing. 42% were jealous when they saw a friend had more likes or comments than they did on a status update. That information is via studyfinds.org. The Word of God says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, beginning, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, broasters, proud, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about the consequences of belief and unbelief. And certainly there are numerous consequences on both sides of that equation. Yeah, oh, I think another thing we've got to add to our list of good things we get by believing in God is that we have an absolute standard to live by. Mm-hmm. As we were saying earlier, you know, it'd be really scary if... There was no standard. And, and actually, atheists live by many of the same rules we live by. And the only reason those rules are in place is because God revealed himself to mankind through the ages. Yeah. You know, uh, the human sense of morality is instilled in us from God. Uh, and he's been revealing this ever since the beginning. And atheists don't, they, they won't acknowledge it. But they they benefit by this standard of right and wrong that they don't they won't acknowledge where it came from. Right. But their their life here is influenced by that as well as ours. It's important to have uh, a, a, an absolute standard uh, of what is right, what is wrong. Sure, an unchangeable answer is a, a a real basis for how we deal with one another as, as human beings. Uh, uh, answers that are not fluid and change with time and circumstances. They're, they're there. Of course, that standard, we believe, is the Word of God. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Yep. That's the standard. That's the absolute standard. Right. And uh, we can have confidence in that. Um Otherwise, if there is no God, then there is no absolute standard. We can't be sure that uh, that there is an absolute right or wrong. We can't be sure that our fellow man uh, will be committed to that, uh, that uh, they won't decide that, uh, well, it would be better if they just exterminated me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Chris in Georgia says, uh, a friend of mine and I were talking not too long ago about the Christian standards. These are the wisest and greatest standards we could hope for. What if even non-believers abided by even the most basic standards God commanded, like don't steal, don't lie, love others, love your spouse, work hard for your employer, etc.? How much better the world? How much better would this earth be if the world would live by these standards alone? I, I, I think you're right, Chris. I think they do to some extent, but if they really embraced those simple standards. All the, uh, the troubles in the world would go away. Right. Uh, all the problems that exist in the world are because people reject this standard that God has set up for us. And uh, Kent in uh, Calhoun, Georgia, says the New Testament Christian does have a standard by which to live. He references 2 Timothy three fifteen through 17, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have that standard. We have that instruction manual from the one that created us, and uh, certainly that's a blessing and a benefit. Kyle, it's like the uh, the, instru- the owner's manual that we have here from the manufacturer, if you will, telling us how to live our lives and such that they will be the best that they can be. Yeah, and you don't have to ask any questions. You don't have to ask, uh, what does God, what does he want me to do? I mean, it's... 
anything that you can think of, anything that any facet of your life that you need to pattern your life after is in God's where you just have to look and just pattern your life after. It's all spelled out for you. All right. Excellent. All right. All right. And then we got one more thing that we need to comment about, and that is the hope we have because we believe in God. Remember when we started out said, if you don't believe in God and don't accept the Bible, you are unimportant. You uh, don't have any purpose for living. You don't have a standard to live by. And you really have nothing to hope for. And I, I would refer people back to the very start of our program where we read that just very discouraging essay by Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's your hope? Well, if you're an atheist, your hope is that you might make it a few more years on earth. But, you know, that's not really a great hope either because the older we get, the more aches and pains we have and the less satisfaction we get out of living. You know, so... Uh, I don't know. It's just diminishing returns, you know. I mean, it's just not, it's just not paying off for yeah, me. What right. am I? Uh, what am I going to hope for? Well, I guess ultimately, like Mark Twain says, what I hope for is that uh, maybe this will be over here pretty soon, you yeah. know. And that's all there is to hope for. Yeah. Wow, what a discouraging existence. But, but as Bible believers, as believers in God, we have hope that this life, this very brief existence on Earth, is only uh, in in anticipation of an eternity with God. That's exactly right. Um, and Kent in uh, Georgia referenced Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 in his email to us tonight. For to, me is, uh, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul had the attitude that Christians can share, those who believe in God can share, is that to live is Christ, to die is gain, that this life has meaning and purpose, and there's hope when this life is over. Yeah. Chris in Georgia said, there's no better feeling than knowing I will not get what I deserve, but something so wonderful that it's impossible to descri- actually describe with words. And I think that's exactly Thank right. You for your comments tonight, Chris and Kent. Appreciate those from Georgia. The Georgia contingency is strong tonight, uh, but certainly uh, we have great hope. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, we have hope, which... Uh, which hope we have is an anchor for, uh, for the soul, uh, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth, entereth into that within the veil. We have a hope that is an anchor of the soul, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. That foundation for our life, that we can have that great hope uh, for better things to come when this life is over. Yeah. Uh I, I, as I said earlier, Jacob, I'm not sure how an unbeliever keeps on going when life's discouragements hit. You know, we have a reason to keep on going because we have this purpose of gaining eternity with God in heaven as our goal. But if you didn't have that and if you didn't have that to sustain you, I don't know. I just don't understand how you how you face life. All right. Uh, if Psalm 46 verses 1 and 2 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea uh, we can have faith and confidence and hope in God and again this really gets down to the true uh, what faith is all about is that hope of of what uh, is to come and that faith and trust in God in spite of what life may bring yeah, Paul, the Apostle Paul, faced a lot of hardships in his life. and it, uh, But, of course, he faced them because he was a servant of God and did the will of God in his life. In, in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 16, you didn't read this earlier, did you? 2 Corinthians no, 4, no. 16, beginning. Paul said, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So here's Paul, and he was facing a lot of hardships in life. But he says, you know, really, we can see it for what it is. This is just this is just light affliction for a moment. And what we have is uh, we're looking forward to it uh, is eternity. These things are temporal. Those are things are forever, and that's what we're striving for. Yes, absolutely, and. Um Paul has that understanding that the physical body that he was in was decaying and getting weaker, uh, and yet he had the hope that sustained him. And this idea of faith and hope are really inseparable, and belief and hope are inseparable. I'm thinking of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, When you have faith and belief in God, 
hope is a consequence, you might say, or a benefit of that, that there's, uh, by default, you have hope. All right. So, um, again, we think that the, uh, that the advantage is tremendously in favor of belief. Now, you know what we haven't done, Jacob, in tonight's program is to, to set forth the reason for believing by way of evidence. What would persuade you to believe? We've just been talking about the consequences, yep. right? So, but, but we've studied this before. We'll study it again on the virtual Bible study in the future. You know, the, the positive evidences for God, for His Word, for Jesus as the resurrected Savior, all those things. We haven't really talked about the proof for our faith. But we think it's abundant. We will be talking about that. We have many times in the past and will in the future. What we're just saying here is think of where the road goes. You know, when you're going down a road and you come to a fork in the road, you have to you, – before you decide which direction to turn, it's nice to know where that road goes. If I go – if I take the left fork in the road, where does it go? It may go someplace I don't want to be. If I take the right fork, where does it go? Maybe that's the better destination. And sort of, and that's sort of the way you could envision our discussion tonight. We're heading down this road of life, and there's 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 a decision to make. Are you going to believe or not believe? Well, maybe part of the decision making process should be, what do I gain by going one way or the other? And 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 the answer to that is just unanimously in favor of believing in God. Absolutely. And we've been talking about. Some consequences here. We haven't gotten to some other consequences, though, that if we believe there is a God, then that means we're going to have to stand before him. Yeah. Logic would say if there is a God, then we we better be doing something about it. We better be prepared. Yeah. And, uh, and certainly uh, there's going to be there is an absolute standard, as we talked about, that will be judged by. Uh, there is a hope, but we need to make sure that we're prepared to realize that hope uh, uh, because if there is a God, then it demands that we be yeah. obedient. James said in James one twenty two, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You, yeah. You've heard the word now, and you've convinced that it's real. You've got to do something with that. Right, right. There's way too many people in the world who would who would acknowledge God and would acknowledge, I think, the arguments that we made in our discussion tonight about the benefits of believing in God, but they're not doing anything about that. And that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not a, you don't get this for free. Yeah. It's not just something that, uh, well, we, I don't, that may be a bad choice of words, but it just doesn't come by default. You're not going to get, you're not going to realize these blessings just by default because you may assert that you believe in God. Yeah. Uh, in First John 2, beginning verse 3, Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Yeah. So we have to uh, be keeping his commandments. And that's what the verse of Bible study is all about, is we want to learn more about God and more about his commandments so that we can be uh true when we say that we believe in God and that we know him, that we can be stating the facts. All right. All right. We're out of time. Good, uh, good discussion. I hope our study's been valuable, talking about the, the the very great benefits we gain by believing in God and his word. Final thoughts, Kyle, tonight? No, that was a great study. It's always a, always a good study to go over and uh, make sure we have a refresher, make sure we know what, uh, make sure we know what we believe and why we believe it. So, and, uh, yeah, there are always going to be benefits to believing in God and following His commands. All right, I didn't see you sweating bullets over there. Did you get us out tonight? Yeah, did we, 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 I think we got out. There. All everything, everything was clicking. All right, that's good. Thank you for being here, Kyle. That's always good to be. Dad, thank you for being here tonight and for the comments. Thanks, Jacob. Great to be with you. And uh, well, uh, guest JM in the chat room says the Scripture summarizes the amazing thought that the Almighty not only cares for us but also but allows us to be His child. The wonderful purpose and standard of our life being pure like our Father, and the hope that we will uh, be like Him one day. First John chapter three verse one through three. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know what that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself 
just as he is pure. Certainly excellent comments from JM, a good place for us to end the program tonight and encourage you to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.